Okay, here's what's going to happen. We are going to tell the story of A Christmas Carol, which was written by Charles Dickens, uh, Unitarian. And it's nice to know all the Unitarians who have helped us uh, come to this over years. The version of the story we're going to read is written by a man named Tony Mitten. It is a poetic retelling of the story. Now, if I may ask all the people who agreed to be part of the play, please come forward and sit on the front row. And, and while you're doing that, I'll make note that every, every play has to, have, has to have a director. And it's not fair, I guess, if, if we don't have a good director in the play. So while everybody is coming forward, we're going to stop for a minute, and we're going to get into character. But to do that, what I'll need, I'll need some help from Christy. Christy, would you play us about three minutes of music while I get this wonderful cast in costume? All right, cast. All right, come here. Tiny Tim. Your tiny Tim. Christmas Eve, as day was dying down, old Scrooge sat checking his accounts as ever with a frown. His clerk Bob, clerk Bob Cratchit sat nearby scratching with his quill. 
From time to time, he rubbed his hands to warm them from the chill. For Scrooge being mean and miserly would keep his chamber cold. The way he measured out the coal, you'd think that it was gold. The office clock turned closing time. Bob Cratchit gave a cough. Tomorrow is Christmas Day, sir, so may I take it off? Scrooge gave Bob a narrow look. A day off? If you must, but I won't pay you for that day. His voice was dry as dust. Poor Cratchit nodded nervously. Sir, Merry Christmas then. Christmas, humbug, Scrooge replied. A feast for foolish men. Scrooge closed up his office and he went back to his room. He ate his bowl of lonely gruel surrounded by the gloom. And then the mournful ghost appeared of Marley, his dead friend. I warn you, Scrooge, to mend your ways before you meet your end. Scrooge merely muttered, humbug, you're just a puff of smoke. Don't talk to me of kindness and Christmas cheer is a joke. He changed into his nightgown and tucked himself in bed. He blew his candle out. Christmas? Bah! He said. But, as the darkness gathered, a figure with white hair came shining straight towards him. <laughs> Scrooge murmured, who goes there? I am the ghost of Christmas past, and you must come with me, for I have things to show you, things that you must see. They floated through the chilly air till Scrooge let out a groan. He saw his boyhood self, so sad, sitting quite alone. The other boys had all gone home to family Christmas cheer, leaving poor young Scrooge at school, so silent, cold, and drear. And then he saw his young man self, rejecting hour by hour the chance of love and happiness to gain more wealth and power. Oh, ghost, the miser murmured, these memories bring me pain. I pray you leave them in the past. Oh, take me home again. Scrooge felt himself transported to such a startling scene. His room was full of festive fare and a jolly giant in green. <laughs> I am the ghost of Christmas present, come to show you more. I'll bring you Christmas here and now for folks both rich and poor. They flew through many a bustling street where cheerful people shopped. They came upon Bob Cratchit's house, and there the giant stopped. Although the scene was bare and poor, it shone with care and love. Scrooge felt a tug upon his heart while gazing from above. Bob Cratchit's crippled son was there, so pallid, frail, and ill. Will Tiny Temp recover, Scrooge whispered. Say he will. The giant flew him on to view the working poor, who grimly toiled night and day to swell the rich folk store. Scrooge witnessed how they labored. They had no choice, they must. They worked their bitter lives away to earn a meager crust. 
Then as the vision faded, Scrooge found himself in bed. A hooded shape approached him, which filled his heart with dread. The ghost of Christmas future with, within his mind, he heard the silent spirit, took him with neither look nor word. They floated to Bob Cratchit's house where sorrow filled the air, for Tiny Tim lay dying, a sight Scrooge could not bear. The silent spirit led him onto a corpse beneath a veil. Oh, whose is this cruel specter? Scrooge trembled and grew pale. The spirit told him nothing but led poor Scrooge away to a dreary, deserted graveyard where a lone and plain grave lay. And there upon the gravestone, Scrooge saw his name shone clear. I, bet, I beg you, spirit, tell me, does my own death draw near? The ghost stayed still and silent as light began to fade. It merged into his bedpost before his very eyes. Then, Scrooge said, was this real or just a dream? Who cares, but I'm still here. I have a chance to make amends and spread some Christmas cheer. Scrooge ran to pull the window up. A boy was passing by. Say what's today, he shouted out. The boy gave this reply. Why, it's Christmas Day, of course, sir, said Scrooge. I'm not too late to put some Christmas turkey on poor Bob Cratchit's plate. They paid the boy a shilling to take a turkey there, and then he went to buy some gifts for the Cratchits all to share. And later, when he called on them to spread some Christmas fun, Tiny Tim cried heartily. God bless us, everyone. Then, as they sat to dinner, Scrooge made a Christmas vow to be a better boss to Bob and pay him well from now. But more than that, he'd use his wealth to help the sick and poor, for what's the point of money that gathers dust in store? And that's how Scrooge the miser was changed to Scrooge the man, who keeps as kind a Christmas as any person can. So let us do like dear old Scrooge as Christmas time draws near and fill the world with peace and love, with kindness and good cheer. End scene. The cast, come forward, everybody. Let's have the cast come forward. Cast, I want you to take a bow. Take a bow. Let's give him a... And, and we have our narrators. Narrators, take a bow. Let's have him give a standing... Standing ovation, everybody, for these people that didn't know they were doing this today. And let's sing together. Oh. 